0: Well, good morning to everyone. Good to see you all here. Um, You know, we have a great, a great, great, great instructive story here in the passage from the Acts of the Apostles. But I have a, a, a bone to pick with the lectionary folks because they have left out half of the story. To really get the fullness of it, you have to go back to chapter 10. And get all that is happening because what is described in chapter 10 and the passage that we have today is a seminal moment in the life of the Christian faith. Because this is the encounter when the gospel message goes beyond the confines of the Jewish world and into the world of the Gentiles. This is huge. This is, like they say, this is a transformative moment that is happening in the life of the church, and you really need to go home, and pick up your Bibles, and read chapter 10 of Acts of the Apostles, and follow it with what we have today. This passage also picks up some of the themes from our recent sermons. As you recall, two weeks ago, um, we heard Jesus' question to Peter, there by the sea of Tiberias, Simon Son of John, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Who are these sheep that we find Peter feeding today? Just as Jesus told him. And these are not just the sheep of Judea. For as Jesus said, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. And I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. The passage only says, I went to a man's house, and this man asked me this and that and the other thing. The man is Centurion, named Cornelius. He is the representative of all of Rome's military might and its power. He, in a sense, is the oppressor, standing before Peter. And to him he is called Cornelius and his relatives, his close friends, And the slaves in his household, these are the other sheep that Peter was called to feed. Just as the Lord told him, do you love me? Feed my sheep. That was two weeks ago. Last week, Father Manoj spoke about the the power surge. Remember that? Power surge and the, the six marks of discipleship. P, using the the consonants in those two words, power surge. P was pray daily. W was worship weekly. R was read the Bible daily. S was to serve in the congregation and in the world. The second R, relate to others for spiritual growth. And the last one, G, give a tithe beyond. Give a tithe and then beyond that. The power surge, the six marks of discipleship, and at least three of them are in the story that we have today from the Acts of the Apostles. And again, some of this is going to be coming from chapter 10. Pray daily. Scripture tells us that Cornelius was praying at 3 o'clock, one of the prescribed prayer times, when an angel, a messenger of God, appeared before him. And the next day at noon, another prescribed prayer time, Peter was praying when he heard a voice say, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. It's so one, pray daily. Second one, relate to others for spiritual growth. And this encounter between Cornelius and his family, and, and Peter and the six brothers who go with them. This is an encounter in which both the sheep and the shepherd are fed by their relationship with each other. Peter says, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. And just in that statement alone is revolutionary for a Jew in the first century in Palestine and Judea to say that God shows no partiality, that God is not just the God of the Hebrew children, but the God of the world and shows no partiality and no preference to anyone. And then this God pours the Holy Spirit on Cornelius and his companions in something like a second Pentecost that happens showing us that we grow in faith with each other when we gather for prayer, for worship, for studying God's Word. The third element, give. Cornelius is described as a man who gave alms generously. Pray daily, be in relationship for spiritual growth, give these three elements of the transformative power surge that can take you from membership to discipleship. And that's what we want at the end, right? Not just to say, hey, I'm, just, I'm a member of, of St. Anne's Church and be patted on the back for that. No, we want to say that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. We want to move from just membership to discipleship and some of us have already made that move and we're always making that move we are always in transformation but with this power search there is another element that is, is not really brought up but one that we have to, to be attentive to and that is the idea of obedience because this is what the disciple does the teacher gives the instruction and the disciple obeys The teacher gives the instruction. The apprentice follows. Send men to Joppa for a certain Simon who is called Peter. That's what the angel told Cornelius. And he obeyed. Go with these men without hesitation, for I have sent them, the spirit told Peter. And he obeyed these responses from these two were born of prayer and discernment. They weren't just happenstance. Someone shows up and you say, I'll I'll go with him. It wasn't that. This is all part of God's grand plan of salvation that is working through the lives of these obedient disciples. Now imagine we take what has happened in this story and bring it into the, the, uh, the contemporary version, the, the current state of affairs in our world and in our country and even in our churches where you know, there's a lot of talk, as we all know, that people say that you know, the country is divided and you know, we can't agree and, and maybe some say, you know, maybe we don't even want to agree. As I say, this is not only an affliction of the political institutions but also of our churches are beset by this. Imagine, again, someone from the, let's say, the, the extreme conservative end of, of Christianity, that they are in a, a state of prayer, and, and they hear a voice saying to them, send for the progressives, for they have a word for you. Now, Would there be obedience or rejection? By no means, Lord, was Peter's first response when he heard that word or conversely the praying progressive is told go to the conservatives sit with them break bread with them listen to them again would there be obedience or would there be rejection Brothers and sisters, one of the things that that sticks with me and, you know, will raise up my my blood pressure is when I uh, think of the millions of dollars that have been spent in the Episcopal Church on disputes about who owns the property, who believes who should come in, who should be ordained and who should not be ordained, millions of dollars being spent even now that could be spent on mission. On people forgetting this man, the risen Christ, is where we meet, and we meet at the cross. But instead, we run to our own ends of the spectrum and think that that is where we find our consolation. And we forget that we are called to be obedient disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, who said... I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Now that's not really the new commandment, because people have been told to love one another for long before this is said. The new commandment is love just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. Therein lies the essence of the new commandment. Then you also should love one another. Thanks be to God for those ancient obedient servants, and for all you, all brothers and sisters in our time, who not only hear the word of Christ, but live the word of Christ. And may we all come to that place of love that has little or nothing to do with our emotional dispositions, but everything to do with our commitment to follow the commands of Jesus Christ as messengers of love, There's a monk up there in uh, the Society of St. John the Evangelist. This is up in in, in Cambridge, uh, Brother James Kester. And and he writes these words. He says, The voice of love speaks not to our fears, but to our hopes. Not to our anger, but to our dreams. But as is its nature, love not only shouts from the mountaintops, It also hangs on the cross and whispers our names in the silence of our hearts. Whispers our names. Stan, Manoj, Fran, Dion. Thanks be to God also for those who withstand the criticism and fear that always comes when the Spirit calls us outside of our comfort zones. Because sooner or later, the, the progressives that we were thinking about, they have to go home. Sooner or later, the conservatives, they have to go home. And what then? After what we might describe as a, a Holy Ghost party there at Cornelius' house, Peter went home to Jerusalem. And what did he hear? Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Bad enough that you went to the Gentiles, but did you have to eat with them, fellowship with them? The scripture says that Cornelius invited Peter to stay for several days, so Lord only knows what kind of connections were made over that time period. So, why, Peter? Tell us why. And he begins to recount the story as we have it in today's passage. And he ends with a shrug. Who was I that I could hinder God? Sometimes, following Jesus means getting out of the way of Jesus. Am I right? I mean, sometimes we want to get in the way and think that we are the ones who can drive the issue, but we need to get out of the way and let God do what God is going to do. Sometimes following Jesus means getting out of the way of Jesus so you can say, well, who was I? Dion Thompson, just a priest. Who am I that I could hinder God? Our Acts passage ends with the people receiving this word, receiving this story, and then praising God. I mean, you could imagine if, they, if you were there in that room when hearing all this, that someone might have just grabbed a, the psalter and said, let me flip real quick here to page uh, to, to Psalm 148. And what does it say there in Psalm 148? It says, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him. It goes on. Praise Him. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God who so loved the world that he gave his only son who gave us a new commandment. Not only that we love each other, but that we love as he loved us. He who showed us service and sacrifice. He who showed us forgiveness and compassion. He who washed the feet of his betrayer. And on the way to the cross, prayed these words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Therein lies, brothers and sisters, the essence of Jesus' new commandment and the source of the prayer that began this sermon. Lord Jesus, may I love as you have loved me. So can we, as our offertory sentence says, walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. Can we do that? Can we? Of course we can, with God's help. So today, before you leave this church, perhaps at the peace, or walking out the door, greet someone that you don't normally greet. This week, be in relationship for your own spiritual growth. Write a check, an extra check, if possible, and it need not be to Saint Hans, but let God's love flow through you and into the world. And like Cornelius of old, know that your prayers will be heard, and your alms remembered before God. May your prayer always be, Lord Jesus, may I love as you have loved me. Amen.